Oh, man, it was fast. Here we go. You. listening thanks for coming by watching some of you listen because some of you hear it on soundcloud you want the audio without the ugly as they say let me plug in the uh, own fay and uh and some of you watch uh, anyway oh yeah was there an earthquake i wouldn't know since i was on the roof in the rain with a chainsaw <laughs> some people call it home improvement <laughs> ah I call it a taste of death. It's like death in the afternoon. It's like a Hemingway thing with me, you know? At least this time I had on actual shoes versus barefooted or with uh, uh, house slippers on. I wised up. I learned a lesson, uh, not really. Anyway, this is show a one, a three, a eight. That's not eight, that's nine, eight. And uh, I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson, uh, and this is the show stomper. Uh, top of the hour, we got to do some commercials. 
And I'm in a jolly mood today because uh, uh, Patreon, because we're at patreon.com slash the stomper or patreon.com slash stomperville. I can never remember which uh, paid us, which means you paid them. They paid <laughs> you paid them and they paid us. So you got a, got some money. And um, well, I'll tell you, you're asking me, Mr. Porter, um, I got one of those. My neighbor has one of those trees. That grows like a weed, right? It goes it's like the tree is like sixty feet feet tall now, and it provides a great shade tree for 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 the back portion of, of the house, right? Um, but it grows like crazy, and it sheds its leaves. So then it forms. This is way you asked. This is you asked. It forms a layer of leaf, and nobody goes on the roof ever. So what happens is it rains. The rain sets in the leaf, it rots the house, and I got to replace the roof. So you got, it's like, it's like having, it's like a, a, a gutter for the, and the way the roof is, it's, it's peaked here. So it's got this, this whole thing. And so I had a guy, a friend of mine, Javier came over, used to train, his kids used to train with my kids, and he, he built a peak in the center of the trough so that any rain that falls actually falls off the roof. But it doesn't work if the leaf, if you have two inches thick of leaves like you have in the last three weeks and they're all wet and dirty. So I'm on the roof of the chainsaw. I cut the branches, leaf blow the stuff off the top and literally get off the roof and it starts to rain. So it technically wasn't raining when I was on the roof. I'm not that foolhardy. <laughs> ah, he was great. He was great. Uh, no, if you ask, if you... Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know how to sharpen the chainsaw, man. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know. anyway, the roof is clean, and so all I got to do now is trim the plum tree and uh, the, the conifer, 65-foot conifer out front. That needs some help, but I got to get a professional to do that, and I got some uh, palm that's got to be uh, trimmed all before, you know, the rain starts. And then I could just let everything stay fallow and then plant all the vegetables. Anyway, you got me off topic. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is where you can PayPal money if you don't want to deal with Patreon. And a lot of you have been doing that. It's effortless. Babing, it's there. In, out, nobody. Uh, yeah, man. You know what? I'm as likely to sharpen my own chainsaw as I am to not be on the roof and house slippers. You know what I mean? So I might do it. You never know. But it's, it's, uh, it's unlikely. So pinko95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal us some money. Some of you do. Um, and, uh, and, and also uh, patreon.com slash stomper or the, the stomp, uh, stomperville or the stomper. Or my man, my man, Tommy LB. You know, it's not always about the cash. You know, look. I, I mean, man, this, this choked me up. Look what dude sent. Look what he sent. You guys, you guys are there listening, getting stuff for free. You don't know what it is to you. It looks like a bag. Look what it is. You know, Tom. I hope Tommy, you don't mind me putting putting you on blast with this. But this is, it's a chessboard, man. This is like this is ah. I was pretty happy. And on top of that, on top of that, check it, check it, a book. So thank you, Tommy. Uh, let let it let it not go unnoticed. So there are plenty of reasons why I'm jolly. Uh, so we got Pinko out of the way. We got Patreon out of the way. 
and and uh, they they paid out this month. So everybody's every everything's jolly, everything's happy, everything's okay. All right. So um, so uh, so okay. So let's uh let's get into let's get into this. Donna Shalala has lost her job. Um, um, Donna Shalala has lost her job, and uh, um, so a a. I, you can't Donna Shalala me anymore. And, uh, anyway, I'm going to tell a story that maybe you've heard. And, uh, and also, let me tell you something else. Let me tell you something else. I had an ex-girlfriend who, she said, you know, you know, this, was, this is this weird thing that you do. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. She says, you know, at first, I think you're just telling me a story. And then I find myself in the middle of an argument. And I was like, I don't know where I got the whole parable thing from because nobody did it to me growing up. It's not like my father did that to me. My father's big move was the disappointment thing. So all you guys, you know, who's that guy? Some guy was trying to hurt my feelings. Uh, oh, that guy who got pissed off at the Care Don't Care show. He's like, well, you could, you're a mediocre MMA journalist. It's like, <laughs> man, you don't watch my show. Anybody who watches my show knows that the only way to get to me is to tap into that paternal you know, the animal brain paternal thing with me and just go, Eugene, you of all people should know. And that, that kind of disappointed thing that my father used to do to me, that's like, oh my God, that, that's like the only thing that really works. Otherwise, like my mom was saying, oh, you okay? I go, you know, you could drop a bomb and chances are I'm not going to, I'll get choked up or I get a chest set, but you know, <laughs> you tell me so pretty close to me is about to die. I'm like, ah, well, you know, life is difficult. It's just, it's a weird emotional response thing. But she used to say that about the, the, about the, the story. So I'm going to tell you a story. Some of you, uh, some of you, uh, you know, have heard it before, right? Some of you have heard it before. Doesn't matter. Keep your mouth shut. So I'm, uh, I, I go to Los Angeles. I used to publish this magazine called uh, The Birth of Tragedy. And every issue had a different theme, right? You had uh, uh, fear, power, God, love. Uh, uh, madness, sex, depression, they're all different themes. And so, um, and the love issue, uh, I put on the cover, Kitten Natividad, and her biggest mainstream credit was, I think, Airplane or My Tutor, one of these teen movies, or Porky's or some, some, some shit like that, right? And, uh, um, you know, uh, she did a lot of Russ Myers movies, but she was on the cover, but uh, through her, I actually got a hold of, of the great man himself, Russ Meyer. And if you, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, it's a classic one. Mondo Topless, uh, one of my, my, my personal faves. Um, uh, 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 Common Law Cabin, I get, I, I, there's tons. He's kind of got John Waters, and you got, you got, they, they both, had, both had a kind of a trashy aesthetic. You should check him out if you haven't seen him, Russ Meyer. So, uh, um, so Russ Meyer, we would make a plan to go down to, to interview Russ Meyer. And uh, a couple of things happened on the way down. One of the, uh, uh, I drive down with my photographer. One of the things that happens is my old, uh, whipping boy, my old hardcore band's guitar player, says, hey, I want to come with you. So I go, cool. So he, we pick him up in, in Ventura County, uh, uh, Camarillo, and we drive into Hollywood. Russ Meyer lives like very close to under the Hollywood sign, right? So we go to his house and he's got, you know, his house is like a living museum to like 
you feel like you walked back into 1972. Shag carpet, pictures of his uh, pictures of him on the wall with starlets. You know, you expect to see a, a swimming pool in the back in the shape of a of a of a you know a, a, a high heel shoe or something, right? And uh, Russ Meyer, he's he's cranky. He's cranky, and he's kind of old military guy. Old, I think Marines or Navy. Uh, World War II cat, and he comes in. Yeah, come on, sit down, you know. And I open up with, you know, I was making, I was making the whole German mistake of like, you know, intellectualizing his contribution to, you know, modern film aesthetic, right? And that is, Seth, yeah, uh, modern film aesthetic. And so I say, you know, Mondo Topless, which is a fantastic, I thought, a fantastic commentary on. And he just pauses. He goes, you know what? I just made that fucking movie because I needed some money. I got a bunch of stripper friends of mine. We got together and we just made it. I said, yes, but the narration, he goes, I wrote that on the back of napkins. He was like really dismissive and kind of, and I usually I have a question in reserve for guys who are giving me a hard time. I call it the nuclear bomb question. And I ask it at the end, just in case the guy wants to like, cancel the interview. But this time I was going to ask it up front, but then something else started to happen, right? Something else, the energy in the room kind of changed. Yeah. Like I introduced him to Steve and the other guy, the photographer who I won't name for reasons that'll be apparent soon. And, uh, but his energy is dark, right? The other guy, the photographer, like dark. And Russ uh, tunes into it, tunes into it in, in, in the way that an older man might when he suddenly realizes he's got three 20 year olds in his house, uh, two of whom, which are over 200 pounds, you know, hey, hey, you know, these are just before email. This is just a guy that I got a letter from. I got a letter from this guy. And I let them into my house. So he starts, he nices up. So we're 20 minutes in the interview. He kind of nices up. And, uh, and, and, and Steve, Steve actually helped because Steve, take a drink. <laughs> because Steve, because the poster fell. Uh, because Steve uh, hadn't, didn't know his movies and wasn't as respectful of the movies. So he had generalized ideas about film, nudity, sexuality, and so on. So it worked out all right. So, you know, I, I get my feet back under me. I don't have to ask a nuclear bomb question. But the energy is still dark coming from the photographer. And at one point, I look over uh, um, Russ Meyer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. If you're late, you know, you got to be at the beginning of the class. You know, uh, if you're at work, don't look them up. But anyway, so, uh, um, so I look down and the photographer has a, a legal pad next. He's always, you know, he's he takes notes. You know, we've done many shoots before. This guy, he, he photographed Yoko Ono, John Lennon, Jimmy Carter. You know, he was actually really significant. You know, he just good photographer, gets it, made friends with different people. And, uh, but I look, I, in the middle of the interview, he's, you know, I hear this. You know, just the sound of like the pen... And I, it's, it, it, it attracts my attention. And I glance down at what he's writing. And it's the same sensation that, that Jack Nicholson's wife in The Shining felt when she looked at all of the sheaths of paper that he had been writing for months. Because I look at what he's scribbling on his yellow legal pad, which in past times has been notations about where he wants to photograph or you know, things that he's hearing in the interview that he wants to try to bring out in the photos. This time I look down and it's a, a yellow sheet 
full of fucking crazy. You know, like, I don't know, I don't know what I carried back up as I, as I bring my eyes up to Russ Meyer, who's looking in my eyes and talking to me, but I tried to conceal the terror. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, I don't know if you know what a Zen tangle is. My kids introduced me to Zen tangles and I, I wrote about it for Ozzy. He's kind of like meditative, like automatic writing, like meditative, you know, guys looking through his eyebrows and he's writing stuff. And no, just words and scribbles and doodles were feverishly done. And I'm like, God, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't know. So I think the interview, the energy is so dark that Russ like cheers up. Like he wants to make sure we're not all crazy. So Steve and I, we have a good interview. And at the end, I said, okay, well, let's get some photos taken. And, um, you know, he's got a pool. I wanted to do something really typical, like Hollywood, there's a sign. And, and the photographer says, do you have a bedroom? And Russ says, well, yeah. And he goes, can I see it? And he's like, sure. sure. So uh, he, he uh, Russ walks off to the bedroom and we follow. The photographer follows a little too close, a little too fast. And we get into Russ's bedroom, and the photographer says, get in the bed. Russ goes, okay. So he sits in the bed, and he leans back, and the photographer takes six fucking photos. Six photos, and then he leaves. He walks out. I go, do you want to get some by the pool? He goes, no. He walks out. He walks out, he leaves the front door open, and we see him across the street where the car is, smoking a cigarette. Russ looks at us. Well, Russ looks at Steve. Steve looks at me. I go, <laughs> So, uh, as a man, this has been great. We'll get in touch. I'll send you a copy. He gave us a bunch of videos that he had. Hard to find stuff now. Discontinued. And, of course, Russ Meyer is now dead. So we get out to the car. I'm not about to say anything. Dude is a staff member. You know, we, we're making no money. It's I'm publishing the mag. I pay him for the trip. I'm paying for the photos. I'm paying for this. Paying for the, I'm not going to say whatever. We get in the car. We start driving down the Hollywood Hills. And dude screams at me. And he says, you didn't tell me he was a pornographer. I go, man, what, what are you talking about, pornographer? These are the only reason these movies were rated X is because he made them in 1957. They're harmless, topless rants. He goes, he's a pimp and a pornographer. I go, have you ever seen any of these movies? You come to that conclusion on the basis of what? And he's like, I could just tell. You could just tell. You know, and then all, keep in mind, this is in L.A. We had a seven hour drive back up to the Bay Area. So the argument continues, during which I find out that the guy uh, was uh, raped. And of course, you, you hear, you know, he tells you he's raped and you figure he was raped when he was five or something. He said he was raped uh, uh, two months ago. I go, oh, my God, you're a grown adult male. Who raped you? And he names a woman. She's actually, weirdly enough, she just died. He names a woman. And I said, huh, who I knew. And he, I said, what happened? He said, well, you know, she had me uh, come over and uh, 
you know, you start to take my, you know, take my penis out. And I kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it. And, uh, and, you know, and she didn't stop. I mean, if I, if, you know, if, I don't know if you call that, I call that rape. Huh. She goes, he goes, my mother was raped. My sister was raped. And, and, and I go, what does that have to do with Russ Meyer? People like this create environments. And I go, well, you know, these are salient arguments to be made, but you got to see Russ Meyer's movies before you talk to me about that kind of stuff. So we, we get back up north, seven hours of arguing about this back and forth, no conclusion uh, reached. And we get back up north. He gives me the photos. And I wish to God I still had them. And I think I do have them somewhere. I should try to dig them out. They're horrible, right? So Russ contacts me and says, I get a I get a bad I get a bad feeling about this uh, guy. I got a bad feeling about this guy. Um, I, I don't know what the photos look like. I go, you know, right? He and I. Do you have any stock stuff? Do you have any uh, uh, stock stuff that uh, uh, that we could use? And he's yeah, and he sends some photographs of him holding like a, a, a big giant bra and some film canisters and some stuff like that. Totally cool. It worked out. We printed. Did I mention that this guy was also my roommate? All right. So dude's my roommate. And uh, after this trip, it gets worse and worse. Not just about the pornography thing. The dude, he, he starts to get stranger and stranger. He, his big point of contention was that uh, he went into his boss and said, you know, I'm having problems with crystal meth. Um, and, and I'd like to take some time off and to go to rehab. And his boss said to him, if it's a question of money, because of course, dude was working 24 hours a day. You think he, the boss didn't give a shit. I will get you your crystal meth. Just keep working 24 hours a day. So he was upset with his boss. And, um, and next thing I know, I come home and the guy goes, you got to call her. You got to call her. You got to call. I go, I got to call who? You got to call her. She'll know what to do. I go, uh, okay, sure. Right. That's right. Who? He goes, Yoko Ono. And he dials the phone and he hands me the phone. Yoko Ono picks up the fucking phone. I figure this is the last thing she needs in her life is another crazy Hawaiian, but that's what she's got. I hear is Yoko Ono. I hang up the phone. But I'm not going to talk to Yoko Ono. What's your fucking problem? He goes, you, you know what my problem is? You know what my problem is? Do you want a problem? Is? My problem is all this, all this. And he takes his clothes off. And we're standing there in the kitchen as he's ranting and screaming with his clothes off before it finally dawns on me that he has lost his fucking mind, right? Like lost his mind. So uh, I call a friend of his. Now, you got to understand that this friend of his, I discover later, is also crazy. But it's complicated because his friend was all right until the photographer guy secretly put a whole bunch of LSD on the guy's hamburger. The guy eats the hamburger because he thought it would open his mind. The guy eats the hamburger, loses his mind. Loses his mind. It's completely crazy at that point. So the photographer now feels terribly guilty 
and of course, subsequently loses his mind. I don't know the hamburger LSD guy. He says, call dude, dude will come over. So dude, he'll help me. So, which is probably a way for him to work out his guilt so the guy could see, well, I'm crazy too. I know I made you crazy, but I'm crazy too. So crazy dude's friend comes over and now they're both being crazy in the house. And I go, okay, all right, okay, I can't, nah, nah. I call his mother in Hawaii. And she goes, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to send, I'm not, me and the father are not married anymore, but I'm going to send the father out. I thank God. Father gets in a plane. Two days later, the dude's running around the house naked, making animal noises. You know, if you see crazy people in the movies, it's kind of funny. But I got to sleep with this shit or going around. You know, I got to lock my door. I got my guns under every pillow. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, the father shows up. I actually picked dude up from the freaking airport. He comes to the house and I go, cool, cool. He's going to take care of everything. I go to work. I get home. The father is sitting cross-legged in the middle of my living room floor, no fucking shoes on, because you know I got the foot phobia thing, sitting there barefoot with an acoustic guitar, playing and singing while the two crazy guys run around the fucking house. Then I realized the father's also crazy. The mother played a joke on me because she just wanted to get rid of this crazy fuck, and now I got three of them. I still don't learn. He says, call Claude. Claude will know what to do. Nah, the feces would have been it. So Claude comes over, this Frenchman, and Claude comes over, and he's broke, has no place to stay, and now he's staying there. So I got four fucking roommates, and now I got four lunatics. The roommates who actually pay money to live there come to me and say, yo, Yuji, you going to handle this? So I go to Claude. And I said, Claude, man, you got any money? Claude says, no, I don't have any money. I go, okay, good. Get the fuck out. And this is where I come down with my all-time favorite line. He's like, oh, Eugene, that's kind of tight, man. I can't believe you, man. That's kind of tight, man. It's my French accent. And then he says, he says, he's kind of tight. You got to throw me out. I don't have any place to stay. I go, if I'm the best friend you have, you're in big fucking trouble. That's it. That's like a Eugene Robinson credo. If I'm the best friend you have, you're in trouble. So I kick out the French guy. I kick out LSD hamburger guy. And I go to the father. And, and I, I, tried, I, tried, I tried to talk to the father. And the father is like, yeah, he's giving me hippieisms, Hawaiian hippieisms. No, and I'm a loyal fucking friend. Make no mistake. But this is crazy, right? Yeah, actually, that was the last place I hung out with Henry, this house that I, it's not here. It's another house I lived in. So I talked, and the father's giving me these hippieisms, like, hey, man, you know, you just got to. And I go, you know what, bro? That's it. Get your fucking guitar and your fucking sandals and get out, you know, and take your kid with you. And so he leaves, right? He leaves. Um... I hear from him two more times. He calls me from a payphone in San Francisco, and he says, 
I want to sing you a song. Before I can even say no, he's singing a song. Again, an acoustic guitar, which he had, I guess, he was busking, living on the streets. He'd been thrown in, in and out of mental institutions. And he sings a song to me that largely is about, you don't have to call the police on me again. You don't have to call the cops or throw me out. Well, this is the weird thing about Yoko, because in 2007, I sat next to her at the Grammys when Oxbow, Oxbow's producer, Joe Ciccarelli, was nominated for Producer of the Year for producing our record, The Narcotic Story, The Shins, The Shins, and Kurt Elling. So that's so, and I look, and that's when I, you know, that's an old story when I decide, oh, I'm gonna call my sister because she's gonna be, oh, yo, you're at the Grammys because she's a musician too. And my sister says, I'm at the Grammys. And of course, she's sitting down next to Dave Grohl, and I'm sitting next to Yoko Ono. One of us won a Grammy that night, and it wasn't me. You could tell by the seating arrangements, right? Yeah, she seemed nice. She was nice. very tiny, very tiny, much more tiny than the, uh, Maya Asusena. Maya is all over the web. Her le- she uses her middle name. Uh, uh, there you go. She uses her middle name as her last name. You can find her music there. Uh-huh. So uh, he, he sings a song, and then the phone line goes dead, so I don't hear from him again. And then he calls me, I think, um, <laughs> yeah. I think by way of apologizing, he calls me and says, Eugene, um, he doesn't apologize. I don't need him to apologize. I hate apology. I don't need that. But he, he says, Eugene, uh, you know, I got married. I go, oh, you know, who's a lucky dude? Because he was gay for years. I mean, that's why he said the woman raped him. He didn't want to have sex with her because he didn't have sex with women. He was gay. He was gay. This was a big deal. He was like, hey, everybody, you guys are all punk rock. But I tell people I'm gay and they reject me. I don't reject you, James. I don't give a shit. What you want to do with your penis? All right. So he calls me and says, I'm getting married. I go, who, who's the dude? He goes, dude. I go, yeah, who's the dude you're getting married to? So I'm not getting married to a dude. He goes, who are you getting married to? He goes, I'm getting married to Sally. Sally? Who's that? Was a woman. Hey, I thought you were gay. He goes, ha, 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 I heard that rumor too. And then he hung up the phone, never heard from him again. My point in this long, shaggy dog intro is that in the movies, people are only crazy for five minutes at a time. In real life, when people go crazy, it's a 24-hour deal. It's a 24-hour deal. It's not like when you tune in, they're crazy, and then and then you know you tune out and you're doing something else. No, they, they're crazy at three in the morning, they're crazy at four in the morning, crazy at five, they're crazy at two in the afternoon. It's a full-time fucking job. Yeah, it is a, it is a full-time job. So I, I, I say this by, by, by way of saying that, um, by way of saying that uh, how we in America have spent the last four years, you know, it's very rare that you get to shake yourself out of craziness. 
And I'm not really going to talk about this too in depth until January. But it, it, it's, it's, it's not like you, get, you don't get many chances to shake yourself out of crib. Once you're there, you're there. You know, so let's apply. I, I'm backing into this. I'm almost there. Let's apply uh, uh, Eugene's theory of prevarication, right? So everybody lies, but it's, I got a 50% rule. Nobody lies by more than 50%. Okay, so when you were, when you were, you know, 20 years old and you'd ask a buddy, hey, man, how many, how many women have you slept with? Where have you been, Seth? I gave it away last show. I'm not going to go into it. So, uh, so, uh, 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 now, now, now you got me. I, now I forgot what I was saying. Look at you, Seth. You, 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 you shook me off the game. What was I saying? Uh, but, oh, 50% rule. So you're 20 years old, and you say, how many women have you slept with? Okay, if your friend hasn't slept with anybody, he doesn't want to say 20. He doesn't want to say nobody. You know, or or if he thinks that maybe you, based on what he knows about you, that at the age of 20, maybe you'd slept with five women. You, you know, it doesn't want to seem like a punk, but nobody lies by more than 50%. I'll give you a more tangible example. A friend of mine said that she signed a book deal for $400,000, that Rupert Murdoch gave her $400,000 to write a book on culture, culture, like kind of culture, modern culture critique. So applying the rule of 50%, I go, hmm, Rupert Murdoch gave her $200,000 because nobody lies. You double. Nobody lies by more than 50%. But what I didn't factor in is crazy people. Crazy people. I mean, I got $20,000 up front. Recoupable advance for the fight book, which means that money, the twenty thousand dollars, what it comes out of my profits. I'm still drawing zero on the book, and out of that twenty thousand, I had to spend money on plane fare, uh, photographs, rights for the photographs. I had to hire a photo editor. (laughs) So the fact that Rupert Murdoch gave her two hundred thousand dollars. Maybe she says $400,000. I don't know. So the likelihood that 5 million votes in America were falsified. Now, this is not, this is not a lie because to be a lie, you have to be conscious of what is truth and what is prevarication and what's not. But I just like the 50% rule. Even if it's 2.5 million, that means there are 2.5 million that are okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, hate. That's it. But you got to say it was from the oncologist, because it's not just like some shit that we heard on the web, right? This is the oncologist, but whatever. So, to, to, the, it, it, and, and the thing is, you, if you start to think, Okay, 2.5, 2.5, 2.5, million. And then you realize that you were stuck in the living room with the guy cross-legged, no shoes, and an acoustic guitar, and that is the political season we're in. 
I'm going to talk more about it in January. I'm not going to talk about it now. I got other things. I got other things. I got other things to go into. I'm not going to talk about it until January. And, um, and I got drawn into it on uh, Care Don't Care, which we recorded at 9 o'clock this morning. But you'll hear it at noon tomorrow. Uh, Steph goes live with it at noon tomorrow. Um, uh, but, but make no mistake. Do not confuse. You're not talking to kidney. Do not confuse my equanimity with a you know a, 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 with with relativism and balance. I, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. The Supreme Court decided nothing. My nuts. That's what the Supreme Court is deciding. My nuts. But I'm not gonna talk about it till January. I'm not gonna talk about it till January. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to understand it's the cross-legged acoustic guitar making animal noises running around the house naked that's the moment <laughs> that's the moment we're in <laughs> Wisconsin uh, Pennsylvania Nevada Arizona Georgia <laughs> Donna Shalala lost her job. So the tie-in was, you can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. If you really want to know the original Donna Shalala thing, I actually busted loose and we finished the story. It was something from when Kid Nate was there. And I actually, on the last If the Shoes Fit, I finished the Donna Shalala story. So this is like, <laughs> this is like a 13-year thing. <laughs> That we finally, with no fanfare, I revealed the genesis of on the last if the shoes fit. I'm not going to tell you, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? When you gamble money, if you play dice with guys, the first thing they say before you get down on your knees is, you're going to get in the game. I got to see the cash. <laughs> you got to have somebody hold the stake for you. Nah. Anyway. Anyway, so this is this is this is great. This is crazy time, and now people are trying to figure out the. the I, I said I'm not going to get into it until January. That so that's that, that's it. But but the idea that craziness is not uh, exhausting, uh, uh, continual, and 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 uh, and unrelenting. Is absolutely is absolutely absolutely wrong, absolutely wrong, absolutely wrong. I mean, yeah. Well, and also, you know, I mean, there's a possibility. Fortunately, now, you know, the certification happens on December eighth, right? So um, at that point, the roads the roads are very narrow. The legal challenges will come will come to naught. But it's just his mo. It's what he's done for so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Take it. But see, I hate to think that then you're going to Welsh on it. So publicly now, you want to put $1,000 on it? I'll put it. But see, the loopholes, if he gets shot, has a heart attack, and dies, you're talking about if he doesn't get in as a result of them revealing some malfeasance, then that's a thousand dollars, correct? Correct? Because if that's that's the case, yes. If what you're saying is 
the, the, uh, the illegal voting, the falsified votes, all that stuff that the lunatic in the White House is alleging comes to pass and he doesn't get sworn in in January as a result of all of these revelations, I'll take that $1,000 bet. Take it right here, publicly, publicly now. Whatever, election interference, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, uh, like the guy saying The Godfather, where the guy says, you know, stumble down a flight of stairs, get hit by a bus, you know, struck by lightning, bobbing. Election interference, right, it's right. Malfeasance, election interference, crooked, all the shit that the, that the lunatic in the White House is now alleging, it comes, comes to be true, comes to pass, and Biden doesn't get sworn in, uh, I will give you $1,000. If he gets sworn in, I want that $1,000. Good. Everybody here heard it. <laughs> Everybody here heard it. Good. All right. You can refer back to 138. <laughs> yeah, 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 if he dies, that's another, that's, that's another story. Because what we're talking about fundamentally is a, is a Democratic takeover of the presidency. If he dies, Kamala becomes the president, whatever. She dies, the plane goes down the bus. It just... It stays in Democratic hands. What you're saying is that won't happen in January, and that's a thousand dollar bet I'm taking. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, yeah, Joe. That's that's a good that's a good catch. But that's not what he's alleging. That's not what he's saying. He said Biden will not get sworn in as well. So there we go. So uh, that's it. I'm not going to talk any more about it till January because right now what I want to exalt and also a. Uh, 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 Mr. Whitfield came on board, and I, I actually wanted a professional opinion. Did you see? Did you see uh, Chappelle's uh, uh, monologue on SNL? I actually didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I it wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be. But I actually, I mean, so close to Bill Burr's. Like, like Bill Burr was like, uh, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check check it out. I, I just I, I love dude, but it just it wasn't it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny, and it wasn't supposed to be. But more, I guess, I guess maybe he tipped his hand by saying, uh, "Bill Burr was great." I like, yeah, I liked it, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was that funny. And he tipped his hand by saying at the beginning, "I'm nervous," which is, which is you know, generally you don't you know you don't want to. Yeah, I mean I'm. I've sometimes started sex by saying, hey, I'm a little nervous. One time, one time. <laughs> and I was. <laughs> but it, yeah, you start on the back foot. It's not something you want to do. But anyway, um, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And, and uh, <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't it, bro. Uh, we're not going to get into sex of the show. I'll talk about it some other time. But just remind me next week. I'll, I'll talk about it. So anyway, um, so we got we got the oldest president ever coming up, Joey Sleepy Joey Biden, and uh, you know uh, you guys are not privy to this, but you know I got a kid Nate, and he's like, uh, you know, he's a progressive masochist. He's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hearing. Saturday morning, I'm here in the neighborhood. There's a lot of people like blowing horns. They're cheering. Uh, friends of mine in New York are sending live streaming videos. And the, the people on on on, uh, on Trump 
uh, a parade route back from his golf game in Virginia. I was like, yeah, you fuck. Yeah, you know, it's never, I mean, it's like, I mean, when Hitler jumped in that submarine for Argentina, I don't guess he had the same kind of fanfare. Yeah, the city was in bomb, smoking ruins behind him. But, you know, and his attitude was, well, the German people failed me. Go fuck, they could go fuck themselves. But it, this was, this, this, this feels very strange. And yeah, they, you know, we got, we still, still, things haven't materially changed. You know, in four more years, there could be 500,000 dead Americans. Um, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm going for me. I'm going for me. Uh, I'm going for me. I want a cabinet position. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just, he was, I mean, I don't think he's all right. I don't, I mean, that's why I started the show with it. I don't think he's okay. And I don't think he, it's not like if you wake him up and, yes, I know he's got other people. He's not tweeting himself at two or three in the morning. He's not. But it, it, it is now kind of approaching crazy time. <laughs> well, 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 that's the thing, right? That was the old, uh, that was the old David Chappelle. Or who was it? Who's made the joke about, I think it was actually Eddie Murphy or maybe Chris Rock about you know, uh, having his vice president be Mexican so that he wouldn't get shot, you know? Uh, <laughs> And they were, oh, the streets are going to be filled with violence after when the streets are going to be filled with people are popping champagne and dancing spontaneously all over because 72 million people are no longer held hostage because of a bunch of rural wing nuts. Sorry, I'm not going to talk about this until January. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but on top of that, I picked uh, uh, Glover Teixeira to win, and it's been—you know how long it's been since at the conclusion of a fight. I was dancing around the room, punching the air. I couldn't scream because the kid was sleeping. But I don't think—I don't think that I don't think as an old guy, Team Sixty Two, that I've been as happy. I don't think I've been as as, and I could tell. I could tell when Santos came in. I looked. I looked. I took a good look at. I took a real good look at his face, and I could see he wasn't going to come out of it alive. And he's rubbing the mat as he goes in, you know, and he's talking about, you know, you know, it's Kaya, how she, how she, um, uh, you know, no, people were mask celebrating. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's got nothing to do with anything. <laughs> They are happy that the long national nightmare is over. People it, were dancing in Berlin, in Brussels, in Hamburg, in Poland. <laughs> uh, you know, it was inconsistent leadership, if you even want to call it that. If that guy was your father, you would have been miserable. You want some kind of stability. And the markets are going to go crazy tomorrow. Crazy. Because the markets thrive on stability. Yes, the Wall Street grifters. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now suddenly, like, something like Boris Johnson's like, well, you know, I'm really. <laughs> as the world, as the world does the chimp chill out. <laughs> what is that thing? Luke Thomas actually said something out that I had to retweet. It was a Trump 2016 t-shirt said underneath, fuck your feelings. 
<laughs> but I'm not going to talk about this till January. <laughs> uh, that, I'm not going to talk about this until January. But Glover Teixeira, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he came in, and he had that look on his face like, I won't lose. I won't lose. And, you know, and then in the pre-fight roll-up, uh, Santos is talking about how his girlfriend, who's also an MMA fighter, you know, yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, I, you know how I knew? Because when I had my ruptured quadricep tendon, everybody told me, oh, you'll be back on your feet in six months. Six months? Six months? <laughs> man. <laughs> Who do we call? Who do we call for guys that can't accept reality? What do we call? Maybe we should call that Hawaiian guy with the acoustic guitar and the no shoes. But all right, we'll see. We'll see in January. Start saving that $1,000 now because I'm going to want it. Anyway, I mean, he, you know, he comes in I, I, and he's talking about how, and I don't want to, you know, I'm all for positive relationships and, 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 and all that stuff. And yeah, and that Moldova, look, I do that move all the time and everybody gives me shit. We'll get, we'll get to that in a bit. The forearm across the throat. Oh, big guy jujitsu. Ah, whatever. You tap. But um, he said he's talking about how, you know, this guy, she really helped him. She saved me, he said. She saved me. This is what Santos was saying. And look, six months they told me ruptured quadricep tendon. I couldn't do anything on it for 18. Took me six months in, in the cast, six months of physical therapy, and then six months to actually start to run again, slightly lift again. Dude, it hasn't been 18 months since he had the injury, you know? And I tell you, people are like, oh, Johnny, Johnny, he almost lost that fight. Did you hear the list of injuries that, that Santos had that he left that cage with that he didn't have before he got in that cage? Oy, 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 oy. He wasn't ready. He shouldn't have done it. Because even if he was ready for the stand-up, and he knocked him down a couple of times, he hadn't been working on his ground. The guy's a black belt. He's a black belt? He's a black belt? I'm sorry. I'm a brown belt with two stripes. And if that dude's a black belt, I need to go to his school. Since, since, since I have apparently been banned at the Sorrell Academy, <laughs> Sorrell has asked me to, to not participate in the in the post and uh, <laughs> now that's the thing he's been so bad I'm sorry I keep, he's been I'm not gonna talk about this till January <laughs> but 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 Trump's he, now he's got the garbage scowl of lawyers he doesn't have an A team a B team a C team he's got like the Z team of lawyers <laughs> yeah talk, but I'm not gonna talk about that till January <laughs> yeah yeah so so. Yeah, he goes in and he knocks him down, but the guy can't do anything on the ground. I mean, basic fundamental, um, yeah, yeah, basic fundamental stuff. You know, like and Dominic Cruz. You want to you want to know what I would have said? What Dominic Dominic Cruz said about even basic somebody who's terrible at jujitsu like me. Get on a hip, not flattening your back. Get your shoulders off the mat, flat on your back. 
what is this rolling through your stomach? Okay, you want to roll, you put your, but you know, boom, dude gets choked up. Done. They're done. I've never been so happy for a fighter. And and and, and to share it, he he well reasoned. He says, Hey, who you want to fight next? He's going, you know, I I should get the shot against Santos. Or, sorry, not, um, uh, 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 Blockovitz. He goes, uh, you know, I don't know. If it's Israel. Now, we talked about a lot on Care, Don't Care. Fantasy MMA, fantasy MMA dictates Red Panty Night is against Israel. Right? So, and it's against whoever Israel fights. So Glover... Presuming he can he can have that happen in 2021, it doesn't get hamstrung by by Israel then jumping the heavyweight to fight Jones or staying at that weight and fighting Jones. That's the money move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And how many goats will you have to how many goats will you have to sell to pay me? I'll be like Donald Drake. Quack, quack. When will I get my money back? <laughs> and you can pay early if you want. You know, you can pay early if if you like. Uh, but this is uh <laughs> yeah, it's like Colonel Kurtz. Even the jungle wants some bed. Even the jungle wants him dead. <laughs> uh, so, 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 um, the money move. If if he says, but he said to, to Dana, the bald one. He goes, he goes. Listen, man, I'm you know I'm 41. Come on, I'm old. Love that, love that. And he's right. If he's got to wait two years, it's at red panty night or not. It's not worth it. But the money move is Israel. It's not Jan. Jan happens to hold the belt. Okay. So Glover fights Glover fights uh, Jan, beats Jan, then fights Israel with the belt, loses the belt to Israel. That's sort of anticlimactic because uh, 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 Johnny Boney Joni already beat the, uh, Glover. So Izzy has got his sloppy seconds. Izzy beats Blockovich. He's like beating a guy that Johnny Bonjoni, the narrative goes, was afraid of. So he's got he he, he beats Blockovich. He goes to come back to light heavy. Izzy says to him, Yeah, why don't you fight Jan first? See, you warm up for me. I guess Glover Glover was just trying, you know, Glover was just trying to make sure that he doesn't get forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okie dokie, smoky. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say anything to January. But it stands here, 138. Everybody has it. The marker is down. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell Glover. Glover's name needs to stay in the conversation. But the big money move for him is to try to. It, I'll give you an example. If he fights Izzy and ruins Izzy for Blockovich, all of a sudden Blockovich is trying back where he was, trying to create a division around light heavy that Johnny Boney Jones left. And and 
and and Glover has ruined this meteoric story and meteoric narrative with Izzy against Johnny Boney Joni, and nobody gets any red panty night. I mean, it's like it's like here we go. It's like Pascal's wager, right? It's like Pascal's wager. Like, is it better to is it better that some people have red panty night, even if you don't get to participate? Or that nobody gets red panty night at all if you don't get to participate. And there's three and four in there, and I don't know what those are. So I, 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 I'd like to, at 41, I'd like to advise him. But nothing has happened. He's like, say, if he's not ready by March, like, Jan just had a kid. He says, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight again until March. Unbeknownst to the rest of yous, unbeknownst to the rest of yous, and I can't, I can't tip my hand about this, but I interviewed somebody, upper echelon MMA this week. It was one of the best interviews I ever had. It's for a piece for Ozzy. I can't cheat the Ozzy piece just because this is my show. I'm going to try to get them to run it this week. So I've got some insider knowledge based on what I'm talking about now with this fantasy MMA thing but I do know where the red panties are. If the piece runs this week, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll tweet it out. Oh my God. It was one of the greatest pieces. I was, I was, I was, I was laughing. Uh, Kosh was asking me, what are you? I was laughing my ass. I was just, I was having a great time. It was one of my favorite interviews ever. Ever. Arlovsky, however, and and, and, and and Bozer, that's the kind of fight that makes me want to stop living. Bozer is dead to me. Nah, 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 Orlovsky, what's the do the deal? What do you got? Don't do the Dracula hair dye. I used to dye my hair, and I still, if I go on stage, because I want it to look like Dracula, because I'm on stage. And I guess he could say, yeah, I'm doing the same thing in the ring, but this thing is jet, but come on, bro, it looks crazy. Animals running around out there. It's... I, I just I get the less said about it. I only cared about four fights on the card. I do have a new care. The Barcelos guy. Oh my god, Borja Moy. Borja Moy. That I saw no holes. I used to see Jose Aldo and I go, ah, yeah, he keeps his hands low when he kicks. He's like you know, the old karate guy in me was like, nah, man, nah. He's got holes in the game. And obviously he did. This guy, Barcelos, hoy, yo, 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 yo. Man, I, I watched that guy fight a million. That was so good. New care. Big care. Care, 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 care. I'm finally coming around on, on Giga, 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 Giga. I didn't care about his fight, and I don't care. He, you know, he beat some guy that they got off the parking lot at 7-Eleven. I'm not impressed with the win. But I don't know why they're giving this guy all this. Whatever. Don't care. 
But I, I, now I'm, I'm following Giga Chikazi. I should have picked Arlovsky. Maybe that's why I'm cranky. But that was a nothing fight. And I picked uh, Jan against uh, Claudia Gadella. And, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like to throw around the thing, the drug thing too easy. Nah, no, no, I'm not talking about the ear thing. No, I'm not talking about that. I refuse to watch it. I don't want to see it. Mostly because I have post-traumatic stress because of this ear. When I had the same thing happen to my ear, except it was a broken bottle that got jammed in the ear. Yeah, it, it, it was a disgusting fight. Not a care. The guy, I don't care. He goes, well, you know, if I beat this guy, if the lights are too bright for you, go back to regionals. Go back to, I have a guy I know who's top, top grappler. And they go back, Steve, you got to fight. Was fighting the UFC. I'm not going to mention his name because he could kill me. They go back to, his, to the green room and say, come on, you got to get out. He's gone. That's cool. Kevin Holland and Hermanson, oh, boy, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, adrenochrome. <laughs> adrenochrome. So, uh, nah, PTSD from the bottle, but also from my family being held out of all the apartments that Trump owned in the early 70s because they didn't let black people live in them. I probably got PTSD from that, too. Yeah, the civil rights case he lost about uh, racial discrimination in his buildings. I probably got PTSD from that for sure. Starret City. <laughs> Let's wait till January and then, and then we'll talk from there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like people act like I'm like you know all the all the Trump cats I know like like there's somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at her. Ah, hey, 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 oh, look at that, <laughs> that's a baby, <laughs> that's a baby with headgear, nah. mm -hmm. she's got to go to college someday, and that's what that money is going to be used for, <laughs> so, thank you, um, but hold on, there was one more old guy fight on the card, and uh, I don't know what it was. What the hell? Oh, oh. Come on. What is somebody? Come on. Help me out here. What was the other old guy fight on the card? There was another old guy. Well, anyway, it was a good night for old guys. I can't remember. I guess if it was good enough, I would have remembered it. The Orlovsky thing was an abortion. So that doesn't really count. So let's just, oh, uh, yeah, man, that, that was not cool. Yeah, Elkins, sorry. Yeah, he's an old guy, and I should feel happy about that, you know. <laughs> Whoa, I, I love it. I love it, Gagas. You're like paying into a bank account. I'm going to pay you out of later in January. Oh, it's going to be so great. It'll be, it'll be like the carpet bombing of, and you can't always get people to do that. It's not that easy. And the bigger you are, the harder it is. But I actually could always get people to punch me in the face. And I needed to have them punch me in the face first so I could attack them. Right? <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't like just, you know. <laughs> and I had a, I, you know, I, I had a couple of, couple of easy ways to do it. It's very easy to get people to punch you in the face, even if you're a large-sized guy. But, um, <laughs> but it's just that qual that kind of that kind of pit bull rag doll just at it and just don't give you any peace 
you know, I, I, okay. Uh, now I can't, I can't tell a Scrabble story because we're, we're one, one hour and four minutes. What, well, there was one other thing I said I was going to talk about next week, some sex story, and then, and then the Scrabble story. What the hell was the sex story? Oh, the nervous thing. So, um, so, and, oh, oh, so I want to go through Romanov, another care. So there's Barcellus and Romanov. So Romanov has won but 12 fights, 13 fights, never lost. He never lost. No, not the chips and lose story. <laughs> that's a good one. That, that's a good one, though, with the dimpled salad bowl full of fresca and chips. <laughs> fresca and lube and chips in the other hand. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. I never do something like that. Never do, never, never do something like that. So, um, uh, uh, so Romanov takes him down, and he does this move. If Mister Mister P is gone, otherwise he would attest the fact that I've done it. And it's essentially I call it my I call it the forearm shiver. He puts his forearm across the guy's throat, and Steph was asking me, "I'm carried on care. Like, how the fuck does that work?" I go, "Oh, it works every time." Because what you do is just imagine instead of <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. It was a, a friend who was at that at the thing, uh, the, the, the thing with the chips and the lube. A friend. So so okay. So the razor part of your elbow right here or your forearm. So you you post up and you put that across somebody's throat and you press down. And you're in side control when you do it. You press down. But Steph was like, well, how does that even work? I mean, how do you, you know, it's not like, well, what happens is, right? Like, like, okay, you see this part of your neck? I'm sure Tommy, I'm sure Tommy B knows, Tommy L B knows this. You see this part of your neck? I was shocked when I took uh when I was taking Kempo, eight years of Kempo. Got to brown belt the Kempo before that crapped out too. Maybe I'm just never meant to be a black belt, right? And so, like he said, okay, you have you could here, you could hit somebody here, you know, here, um, you know, throat or here. And, you know, just because there's an indentation there, people kind of go, well, good, that would be pretty sensitive. And then you can actually stick your finger way down there. It doesn't hurt. Psychological. Psychological. So you put that forearm shiver across somebody's throat here. And you could press hard, and it's going to be hurt, hurt, and it's painful and unpleasant. But it's not that bad. But if you got a guy who's doing it like with anger and rage, then maybe you get nervous enough because you can feel his energy. You go fuck that, and you turn your head slightly. You can hear my voice change to alleviate some of the pressure, and that's how he gets you, because. It's, you got the air here and the blood here. Right? It, so, so here, here, it's unpleasant, but you can generally, you can flex your neck, neck against it and you don't, but the guy made the mistake. No, because, you know, my self-defense stuff, there's a guy actually who watches the show who wants me to do a Zoom call with him. He's going to pay me to teach him self-defense. And the guys I do jujitsu used to do jujitsu with are like, ah, Eugene stuff is shit. It shit doesn't work. But the reality of it is, <laughs> you know, it's it's not graceful. But yeah, it works for me. 
you know, my first competition, Jiu-Jitsu got to Half Moon Bay, and I beat a guy with a smother. And I stood up, and I've told you this before, and everybody ringed around and just turned their backs on me, like all in unison, because it wasn't a technique. The fuck it wasn't. Hey, you cry babies. Don't tap. You don't want to lose. Don't tap. Don't breathe or do the Popeyes. You breathe out the side. It works. So this stuff really works. But anybody I train will tell you, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I go, okay. Okay. I'm only telling you it works because I know it works. <laughs> so, so, you know, here you turn. And then the blood. And she goes, but he didn't have anything on the underside. I said, yeah, I think he did. I think he had his other arm. In any case, big old guy like that, you know, that was if 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 Sorrell had hadn't banned me from the uh, the team page, I would have posted that submission up there and gone, oh, you know. <laughs> Good. Okay, it's not just me, right? And the reason I learned these effects is somebody somebody smothered me. Somebody did the forearm shiver to me. I go, I'll never forget that. Because now I know how to play the variances and get to the edge where I turn my head a little bit, you know, until I can shrimp out. Yes, thank you. It is legitimate. Fuck those people. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> this is V1, a three. And let's see what I can do. V1, three. Eight. I... <laughs> um, roll my chest forward with the squares on the outside. Good place to see. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. I'll see if I can figure out what that means by taking it out of the box. I've had to keep it away from the cats because I don't want the cats to piss on it. You know, I'm afraid that that's going to happen. Um, anyway, so somebody be like the note taker and remind me of. Two things that I said that I was going to talk about next week. And one, what was it? The one, the sex story, and then, the, well, who knows? Anything could happen. It's your job to remember and to, to remind me because I'm a senior citizen. Not quite yet, right? I don't think so yet. And also somebody said something about me being in the comments on Twitter about me being a millennial. Get that shit straight, bro. Boomer. 62. Boomer. Yeah, it was a sex story about the I'm nervous thing, but then there was another one. There was another one. No, 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 no. Biden could drop dead. The point was election interference, malfeasance. That's it. Let's not get funny with the money. It's in the, it's in the comments. We can all refer back to it when the time comes for you to pay me. Anyway, this is round. round. This is V1, a three, <clears throat> European style. B138. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Thank you. And those of you who gave to the Patreon, who, who sent me the money uh, uh, for, uh, through uh, uh, PayPal directly, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, order of gold. Uh, this show happens now, Monday afternoon at noon, Care Don't Care preview. Uh, Tuesday, we got uh, If the Shoes Fit, uh, 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 post election version. And I can't remember whether we do the hip-hop evolution. No, I think it's on hi hiatus. Time for us to catch up. Uh, so we only have the half-hour show, If the Shoes Fit. And I can't remember whether it's John, uh, John Nash or uh, Kid Nate that's coming in. And then this week, I edited, and I'm trying to push for that secret piece that I told you about 
uh, alluded to, trying to push him to run it this week, as well as the Eileen Warnos female serial killer piece that has been edited. It's in the pipe. It's going to happen. So, um, <laughs> so I'm hoping that they run that. I'm going to push to have that run this week as well. So anyway, try to keep yourselves alive until next Sunday. We'll see you then. Uh, uh, and everybody's awake now, so we know we know what's coming. Oh, we'll take a drink. Um, we'll see you next week. Look what you made me 